let me encourage you to do two things. Number one, watch. But number two, keep your Bibles open. Hollywood always does this when they, when they do stories about the Bible, is they take uh, artistic license, and they will add things, and they will change things a little bit. The basic gist of this uh, story is very good. It's gotten great reviews, but they do throw in a few details here and there that don't line up with the Word of God. So keep your Bible open and go through the stories. And if you have any questions, did that really happen? Write it down and we can talk about that uh, in the coming days. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles this morning. Luke, or excuse me, John's Gospel. We're out of Luke now. We're in John chapter 20. On page 906, we're going to read a familiar passage about the resurrection of Jesus, then we're going to talk about that for just a moment. Beginning in verse 1, John chapter 20, John records for us that on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths laying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, She turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing Jesus to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've lain him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to Jesus in Aramaic, Rabboni! which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he has said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. 
Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Blessed are those who hear it and obey it. For us, too often, Easter is the highlight of our year, as it should be, but then that's the end. We see the resurrection of Jesus as the end of the story. Just look at the Gospels. They end with the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. Turn the page. We're done. End of story. But that's not the way the story of Jesus actually ends. The story of Jesus continues into the book of Acts. For the next 12 weeks, we're going to be looking at the events that took place directly after Jesus ascended back to heaven. You'll want to be here every week so that you can learn more about our faith, not just what happens with the resurrection, as important as that is, but how the story continues in the book of Acts. This morning, we want to look at John chapter 20, the text we just read, and we want to see three things, three parts of this story and how they relate to our lives today. So pay attention as we work through this story. Let's set up the first scene. We're told that Mary went to the tomb on that early Sunday morning. She was going there to make the final preparations on the body of Jesus, the final anointing for burial. When she gets there, she sees the tomb is already open and Jesus is gone. So she runs to tell Peter and John what she's seen. But the men don't believe her. Women, how many of you can relate to that? Men not believing you, okay? Then we see in the story that there's this foot race between Peter and John racing to get to the tomb to see for themselves. In verse 4, John makes sure that we know he beat Peter in this race. I got there first. And then in verse 8, he doesn't refer to himself. He says, the guy who got there first. With guys, it's always a competition, isn't it? All right, doesn't matter what it is. They're just trying to see what's happened to Jesus and John. Hey, I got to get there first. The first verse, though, that we want to focus on this morning is verse 10. After they get to the, to the tomb, they see what's that Jesus is gone. They see the grave clothes there. No Jesus. Verse 10 says, Then the disciples went back to their homes. The men left. They didn't know what was going on, but they left. Why? In Luke's gospel on that first day, we're told about two men who were leaving the city. They were going away from Jerusalem. And they're talking amongst themselves, trying to figure out what had happened They'd heard about the resurrection, but then they left Jerusalem. 
But think about John, the writer of this text. Let's think about him for a second. We are told that he saw the empty tomb and then he went home. Now what? Can you imagine John as he walks in the front door of his home? Deep in thought, trying to figure out what does this mean? The tomb is empty. Mrs. John would have seen the perplexed look on his face and she would have said, What's wrong, honey? Well, uh, uh, I don't know, but Mary Magdalene went to the tomb this morning and the body was gone. It was empty. Oh, come on, John. She must have been mistaken. She must have just been in such distress she didn't know. No, 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 it's true. Uh, I didn't believe her at first myself, and so I ran to the tomb to see. Well, what did Jesus look like? I didn't say that, that I saw Jesus. I said I went to the tomb. Well, what'd you see? I saw it was empty. Well, 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 where was he? I don't know. Well, well, when you went into Jerusalem to look for him, had anybody seen him? Oh, I didn't go into Jerusalem. You what? You, you didn't go looking for him? No, I, I came home. Your best friend has been killed. Three days later, the tomb is empty, and you don't go looking. You just come home. Can you see Mrs. John as she's just shaking her head at John? What are you doing? That's the first lesson that we want to learn from Easter. Don't go home. A number of years ago, a guy from Pathway and I went to a Lions game. And this was back when the Lions liked to lose. And it was like in the third quarter. It was against Chicago. And the Lions were being beaten. And we look at each other and we're like, let's go. This is not fun anymore. By the time we got to the car, the Lions had staged a comeback. And we're like, oh. I think they end up losing anyway, but we were like, oh, why'd we leave early? We missed the best part of the game. But let's not talk about Peter and John and what they did that first Easter morning. Let's talk about us. How many of us today made a point to be here today because, well, it's Easter. You got to go to church on Easter. And then after the service, we're going home. Well, preacher, isn't that what you do every week? You come to church and then you go home. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just the physical act of going home. I'm thinking it's it's more of many of us are just going to go home back to the same life. 
We're going to come to church Easter Sunday morning. We're going to celebrate the risen Lord. And then we're going to go home like Jesus isn't risen. We're going to go back to the same life we had yesterday or last week or a month ago. Think about it though. If Jesus really did rise from the dead... How can we come here on Easter Sunday morning to celebrate that event only to go home like it never happened? How many people do you know that if you were to ask them if they believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Oh yeah, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I believe in the resurrection. But they have little or nothing to do with Christ Or his church. What? You believe in this most significant event in all of human history. You say you believe it is a historical fact. But then you do nothing to investigate. To see what it means. You see, a big part of our lives as Christians ought to be looking for Jesus. This is one of the first questions I'm going to ask when I get to heaven. I'm going to run into Peter. I'm going to run into... Dude, what were you doing? Okay? You went home. And I wonder if they're going to look back at me and say, yeah, but what about you? How did you live your life? It's one thing for us to say we believe in the resurrected Lord. It's another thing to look for Him. Not because He's lost. Not because we haven't found Him in some sense. But I want to look for Jesus so I can know Him better. What Paul says, he said, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection. We ought to be looking for Jesus every day to see if we can find out more about Him, who He is. Hebrews chapter 11, we just went through the Hebrew studies, remember? Hebrews chapter 11 says, God rewards those who seek Him. Jesus even said, seek and you will find. That is a promise. If we seek God, if we honestly seek Him, we will find Him. Not because God is so hidden, but because God reveals himself to those people who look for him. The first thing you want to learn from the Easter story is look for Jesus. The second part of the story is what happens next at the tomb. As is often the case, when the men leave, the women stay. Right? We had our Palm Sunday breakfast, and I said, hey, stay after and clean. The men left, the women stayed and cleaned up. It happens. That's that's the way women are, right? Mary stayed when the men left, and Mary then looks into the tomb herself, and she sees the two angels sitting there. And then she turns around and she sees Jesus. And Jesus speaks to her in something in the way that he said her, vo- her name, her, his voice caught her ear something. And she realizes, this is not the gardener, this is Jesus. And she grabs a hold of him. 
Which leads to the second lesson that we see in this story in verse 17. In verse 17, Jesus says, don't cling to me. Yes, we are to look for Jesus. But the second thing we learn is we got to let go. Now, this may seem confusing at first, but we have to stop and think about where Jesus is going. Jesus is done. He's been killed. He's been buried and resurrected. He has done what needs to be done. That's why he proclaims on the cross, it is finished. But God is not done. The story will continue, not with the physical presence of Jesus here on earth, but with the work of the Holy Spirit who takes over. Jesus said, things are changing now. The plan of God is complete. But when Jesus says, don't cling to me, it is important because Jesus is saying, don't hang on to the past. You see, Mary wanted things to go back to the way they were before. When she had Jesus in her life, hey, listen, I've gone through three days of hell. I'm not letting you go. Right? I'm not making that mistake again. Right? And you can just, as Jesus is saying, don't cling to me, it probably came out, don't cling to me. Right? He probably couldn't breathe. She was squeezing so tight. She was not going to make that mistake of letting him go again. She was glad he was back. And things are going to go back to normal. I don't know what happened with his crucifixion. I don't care. You're back. And Jesus said, yeah, but I'm not staying. God's plan was not for the church to huddle around the physical Jesus. God's plan was that the gospel would spread beyond Jerusalem. Yes, Jesus is the focus of the church, to be sure. But God's plan was much bigger than just that one little area where Jesus could be physically himself. It was time for the next phase of the church. Which means it's important for the church not to stay physically with Jesus. But that's a good message for us today too, isn't it? God's plan continues to move forward. This is what we're going to see over the next 12 weeks. What God is doing in the church and through the church with the power of the Holy Spirit. But how many of us today are still clinging to the past? We're clinging to the things that we know, things that we're comfortable with. We don't want to move forward. Because I want, I, I like what I know. I like things to be the same. Jesus is going to have to tell us today too, don't cling to me, move on. Not that we move away from Jesus, but we move away from what we know to what God wants to do in the future. You see, for us to receive the new that God has for us, we've got to let go of the past. We have to be open to the new things that God has in store for us. Don't cling to your past. God has a much better future in store for you. We cannot move forward to the new life that God has for us as we still cling to the old life that God is trying to lead us from. What are you clinging to today 
that's keeping you tied to the past? What are you unwilling to let go of that's keeping you from being able to embrace the new that God has for you? She said, you gotta, you can't cling to me. You gotta let me go. The third section of this story that we want to look at for a moment begins in verse 19. At the end of this first day, Resurrection Sunday, the disciples are locked in a room for fear of the Jews. Jesus then appears to them in this room and he shows them his hands and his feet. He shows them the visible marks in his body to prove that he is who they think. You know, he's, this is really Jesus. But he also shows them his physical body so that they don't confuse him with the spirit. They don't confuse him with the ghost. That way they can touch him. And see, he truly is resurrected from the dead. Then Jesus tells them that he's sending them into the world. Which is the third lesson we want to learn from the story today. Number one, we look for Jesus. Number two, we have to let go. But finally, we got to go. We've got to go into the world with this message that we have received. What do we share? When we go into the world, what message do we share? Well, we're told in verse 18, after Jesus appears to Mary, she goes back to the disciples and she says, I have seen the Lord. Now she's not going back to tell about an empty tomb. We don't know what that means. She goes back this time and she says, listen, I've seen him with my own eyes. I saw him. Last week I told you that I was beginning my 27th year here at New Life. What I I forgot to tell you two weeks ago, it was my 39th birthday as a Christian. I committed my life to Christ 39 years ago on March 22nd. And I got so wound up in my sermon I forgot to tell you. For 39 years I've been proclaiming Christ and what he has done in my life. I have not seen Jesus with my physical eyes, but I have seen Jesus and my life has been changed by him. What do we share? We share what God has done in our lives. Similar to what Jim Bellinger told me this morning. He walked in, one of the first things he told me, we were crying over Michigan State losing last night, of course. But then he told me that 10 years ago on Easter, he was baptized in this church. Ten years ago. Okay? That's what we share. What has God done in your life? Now drop down to the end of this chapter in John chapter 20 where we've been looking. Drop down to verse 30 in this passage. John now writing says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. Now look at verse 31. But these things I have written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. That's what we share with the people when we go into the world. When we go and tell them about Jesus, we don't tell them just facts about Jesus' life. We tell people that life is found in Jesus. We share that message. 
Not a message that you can have physical life. Why? Because we don't need to tell people who are physically alive that they can have physical life. They've already got that. What they need is spiritual life. What they need is eternal life. And so we go tell the people in our lives who are physically alive but spiritually dead that they can become spiritually alive in Christ. Amen? That is the point of the resurrection. It's not so we can sit here and say, wow, that was really cool what God did in Jesus. It was. But the great thing about Easter is that's what God wants to do in us. The same life that God gave to Jesus in resurrecting him from the dead, he wants to give to us. But it's also important to remember point two. We cannot go into the world with the message of Christ if we're not willing to let go of the past. Because we can't tell the world that they need to move forward with Christ even as we're holding on to the past and being held back by that. We've got to let go so that we can go. The exciting part of the resurrection for me is that Jesus has conquered death, yes, but that we can be part of that victory celebration ourselves. We can have that victory on the other side of the grave in our own life. But this is where so many people who claim to be Christians are confused today. For too many Christians, Christianity is simply about what we receive from Christ ourselves. Do we receive eternal life from Jesus? Yes. If we didn't, why are we here? But that's not the end. There has to be a change in our direction. There has to be a change in our focus. Yes, we come to Jesus so that we can have eternal life ourselves. But that cannot be the end of the story for us. The end of the story with Jesus is not the resurrection. The story of Jesus continues in the life of the church in the book of Acts. And the story of Jesus in our life should not end. It will not end with us just, quote, becoming Christians, becoming believers. The gospel flows into our lives and it changes us. And then the gospel flows out of our lives into the lives of other people as we go into the world and tell them about Jesus. Our coming to Jesus will be followed with a go. Going to others with that same message of the resurrection. How can we say that we believe in the resurrection? That we believe that Jesus physically rose from the dead? And then just sit on that information. Not share it with those around us. Don't forget one of Jesus' primary teachings. Remember? You find life by giving away your life. When we come and commit our life to Jesus... We find that life is found not in grabbing for more and more. Life is found in giving away what we have. As we go into the world and we share the love that we have received. As we share with others the life that we have received. The story of Jesus does not end with the resurrection. The story continues into your life even today. The first thing I want to challenge you with today is don't go home 
if you haven't found that life. You see, when you stand before God, God is not going to give you a true or false, yes or no test and say, do you believe in the resurrection? And say, well, yeah. And God's like, well, come on in. Christianity is not about knowing facts. It's about having a relationship with God. Don't go home today without finding Jesus. So that the story can continue in your life and through your life into the people around you so that they can hear about Jesus as well.